You're listening to the Your Queer Story podcast, the podcast that inspires peace, love, and radicalism, led by your favorite hosts, Evan Jones and Paul Hobbs. Trigger warning. Our content covers centuries of LGBTQ plus stories, and occasionally we may use outdated language or cover topics that include violence, assault, homophobia, transphobia, as well as other injustices against marginalized communities. Make sure you subscribe and review wherever you are listening, and be sure to follow us on all social media at Your Queer Story. And if you want exclusive content, join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash yourqueerstory. You're here, now let's get queer. Welcome everyone to another episode of Your Queer Story. I am your host, Vima Manfredo. And I am your host, Paul Hobbs. And I am your host, your father, Evan Jones. I'm what? here again. <laughs> yeah, Vima's back. That's We're right. We're excited to have her back. Um, it was great to have her. We had her for Sylvia Rivera and a couple other episodes. Jose huh? Julio. Yes, yes, yes. Saria? Sar- Saria. 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 Right. Saria. <laughs> Julio, go- Saria, yeah. and Silvia Rivera, which were great episodes, at least for me, because I was there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they were fantastic episodes, so you got to go check those out um, for sure. If you haven't if you haven't caught up, we've had a lot of new listeners lately, so that's good. Yeah, yeah. a lot of people jumped on around the Jeffrey Dahmer time. Yeah. Um, so if you haven't, go back and listen to some of our older episodes. Audio quality might not be as good, but the content's just as great. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and also, Vima has a podcast. I do. So this is the shameless plug part. Uh, <laughs> I have a podcast called uh, Down No Particular Road. It is a camping, travel, and RV pod- podca- podcast. Which, have you seen their setup? Wait. It's like 10 times better than ours. Oh, I have. Uh, <laughs> the, the podcast, in the past. Yeah. yeah. Like all the little knobs. You we know, have like, all the knobs like, and everything. Yeah, it's like yes. a real studio. <laughs> I just say it's not just me. It's uh, co-hosted by me and my husband, uh, Joshua. Yeah. Or Josh. He doesn't like it when I call him Joshua. So. <laughs> Sorry, honey. Uh, so we do a bi-weekly podcast and we review campgrounds and locations that we've gone to. We give tips and tricks to maintain your RV, if any of you mm-hmm. queer, beautiful people have RVs. Um, and we do reviews of different things, of um, equipment and stuff like that. Yeah. So go find us. Yeah, this is the perfect time for it. This is camping season. Like we're in yeah. 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 And um, she also taught us something extremely important, that you can make s'mores in multiple ways. We had no idea. My, yeah. I don't know, maybe you did. And you just no, I didn't. I was My stuck in very closed-minded thinking. Blown. And, right. And Vima was like, no, really, you can add whatever you want to a s'more. And we said, no, you can't. In the Bible. <laughs> In the Bible. It's only graham crackers That's and right. Hershey chocolate. Exactly. Milk One chocolate. Square, maybe two if you feel Hershey spicy. chocolate. Yes. Yeah, Hershey chocolate, not, not paid sponsorship here. <laughs> but yeah, you can use dark chocolate. You yeah. can use Reese's peanut butter mm. cups. Um, any uh, York patties? I didn't mention oh, that last time. I don't wow. like York patties because I don't like mint with my that? chocolate. Would you use that with a graham cracker, or would that be like the? <gasps> hmm. You can use the pastel cookie, oh, yeah, the Italian right. cookie that I don't yeah. know how to pronounce, <laughs> with the York patty because the York patty is like mm-hmm. huge, yeah. and then the marshmallow. 
Oh, wow. And like I said before, we got into a fight, but you have to torch your marshmallow. You have to. Oh, you do have to. Every, because like, the inside's extra gooey, like it has to be done. And Completely. then crispy and black on yeah. the outside. Okay, well, so I, I didn't good. go that far. I like oh, it. yeah, I just, I like just a little brown. No, I just I understand crispy. you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's what we're doing. Okay. Although I had, um, you know, my mom always loved to eat burnt popcorn. Like had to burn the shit out of the popcorn. Would she microwave it or would it be like on yeah, the yeah, stove? No, she would, she, no, she would microwave it and it would be burnt. And that's the part that she would, that's what she wanted to eat. I that's, don't know why. Ew. That's what I think of it when you say burn your, my, your marshmallows. Yeah, thanks for your judgment, guys. It's Different because the burning on the marshmallow kind of caramelizes it because it's sugary. Yeah. Right, and then you get like chewy pieces of, yeah. of sugar. I, I don't but know. But when you burn popcorn, that's just nasty. Burn is burnt to me. Yeah. Burn is burnt. I have no, I'm sorry, that's nasty. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you insult her like that? She's definitely listening to this podcast. Of it's course. her favorite thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, anyways, guys, we asked Vima on because we're having, this is a mini sode, and uh, we're talking about being an ally to queer people of color. And we thought that a queer person of color should be on the episode. <laughs> it kind of makes it. sense. It kind of makes sense. I didn't really understand at the time. But now <laughs> right. that we're here. No, I'm kidding. Love Vima. Glad she's here. Yeah. Um, learned a lot from her last time and excited to learn some more. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I just want to make the disclaimer, though. I am one person of color. Yeah. Not everybody. You can't so speak for every single I person of can, color. Exactly. I'm this not is ridiculous. Why did right. we ask you? Exactly. I'm screwed. You guys are screwed. Um, but I always want to make that disclaimer because sometimes I could say something that other people of color with other experiences may not relate to that because we also have different lives. It's yeah. not one prescribed life for every type of person of color that's out there. So yeah. Yeah. you get one perspective because I'm here. <laughs> it's a little something for you. It's a little nugget. So let's talk about it. Um, being an ally. So I think that what I for me... One thing that I wanted, especially, is when you're part of the queer community, because we're talking about intersectional identities, and you, I feel like a lot of people, it's interesting because I was just, just did a post a little while back um, where I was talking about the, you good? <laughs> I was talking about the flag more that has the more color, more pride. Mm-hmm. It's the Philadelphia flag that has a black and brown stripe on it, and how there was such a controversy two years ago when that first came out and people were so upset right oh yeah the, the rainbow flag already incorporates all, I, I, all I, I, colors I, I, of everybody it has nothing to do with race so tell me like when that when you first saw that flag what were you thinking like what? well the first time i saw the flag i'm like i didn't know where it came from because i saw it only on a picture yeah um and i'm like huh that flag looks different let me look up mm-hmm. why and i see the philadelphia flag i'm like why is it the Philly flag? So I had to dig a little bit more to figure out what it was. And when I read it, I'm like, that's awesome. Yeah. First thing I thought is like, that is absolutely awesome because of what's going on right now with our political climate of people of color, both brown and black people are not being welcome pretty much anywhere. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah. So having something that is so obviously just dedicated to the queer community of color it made sense to me. And then I read about people complaining. I'm like, why are you complaining? Why are you being such a negative Nelly? And the thing I've always said is like, everybody always has to have somebody who's lower than them. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like that kind of plays into it. They're like, no, um, you're just as equal as me just because you're a different color. And like, it just, people don't get it. People, or they get it and they just 
want to still feel better than someone else yeah know? we've seen that throughout history and you you guys mm -hmm. have seen it on on your research on yeah. on all these other figures like um sylvia rivera where she was yeah. punished for being different yeah and other other queer people uh throughout history are being punished for being different because they're not white middle class male mm -hmm. that is just happens to be gay yeah. and mm -hmm. it's like there's more to queer than just a white male that is gay yeah i mean i'm happy that they're so accepted like yay for you but there's a lot of more people that need help um especially our trans community and our not non-binary community the mb is much it's much easier for my tongue <laughs> twisting um but it's there's so much more that we could be doing if we stop saying no we are perfect the way we are no there's a lot more work that we need to do so having things like this, like adding more colors to the rainbow flag makes sense to bring awareness because other people will ask like, oh, I've never seen those other two colors. Why right. are they there? And then you can open that conversation. Right. Yeah. And it allows you to educate people. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's not the first point. time that we changed the colors of the rainbow flag. Right. Um, I think it was at the beginning of the 90s or the end of the 80s where a black stripe was added to the rainbow flag in memory of um the victims of hiv oh. and aids I know that. um yeah um yeah. it didn't take for too long um, because yeah. then they found ways to prevent it and then it wasn't as prevalent and people started forgetting yeah um but for a while there was a black stripe on the on the pride flag commemorating yeah. all the the souls that we lost to the hiv an AIDS epidemic. Uh -huh. So it's not the first time we change colors. Well, yeah. Why can't we now? Right. Well, and we've also dropped colors. Like there was originally pink and turquoise that were dropped just because the um, it wasn't as easy to mass produce them. You know, so like the original That's rainbow flag had more colors, and they were dropped over time because they wanted to be able to mass produce them better. So it's it's the whole thing. It's when people get stuck too much on symbolism. Like I appreciate symbolism, and I appreciate what it does for tradition. But when we get so hung up on it that it's like it's law, it's Bible, we can't change it, we end up hurting ourselves. Yeah, we end up you have to advance, progress. you have to grow, you have to be yeah. willing to change and adapt. Yeah, So I have seen that before on other flags that have nothing to do with queerness if you start changing them. Um, when going back to Puerto Rico, when mm -hmm. there is a discussion on whether or not Puerto Rico should be a state, there's a lot of people that say, oh, but we have to change the United States flag if that happens. And yeah. that's not right. Like, but <laughs> you change it, I don't know, math amount of times. Every times time you added yeah. another <laughs> yeah, that's state. The no, we had 50 states all along. We oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we went from one. 13 colonies to 50 states like that. Just yeah. like that's that. it. We <laughs> went from the little circle to all the stars. It's like, no, that's not how it happened. Yeah. Um, so a question I have, because it took me a long time to understand this, and I'm sad that it took me so long to understand this, but it was because of how I grew up in Indiana. Can you explain in the simplest terms for people what white privilege is? White privilege... It's a big can of worms. It, it is a no, big yeah. can of worms. It is, but... but it took me... I mean, I really didn't understand until I moved to Rhode Island, and that sounds so bad, but... The, like the the climate I grew up in, I just it was never addressed. So I think it would be good for people to hear. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. You know? yeah. So white privilege doesn't erase. I think it's more important to oh first with people that are so resist resistant to that 
that phrase is like it doesn't erase your personal struggles mm -hmm. it doesn't erase what you've gone through life not everybody has had a good life or had a good life growing up that's understandable and having white privilege doesn't erase that what having white privilege is you have a starting point that is ahead of other minorities where if you were the same person that you are and with everything that you grew up with but your skin color changes or your accent changes or your background changes then you wouldn't have as many opportunities to advance as you had when you were growing up or when you were an adult. And that's in a nutshell what having privilege is. But also there is white privilege, which is big, but there's also white, um, not white, but there's also privilege in every person and every culture. Mm -hmm. I have privileges that other people didn't have. And I have to recognize that I, those privileges helped me move forward and other people didn't have them. If I recognize that I had them, even though I did struggle, I can recognize that other people don't have them and fight for them to have it. Yeah. For example, I had two parents at my house. That's a privilege. Coming from a single mother, that's not a privilege. So at that point, I had one step forward that other people didn't have. I had a full scholarship to go to college. Other people didn't have that. That's another privilege that I had. So recognizing that you have these privileges and recognizing you had your own struggles as well helps you look back and see you didn't have that, you didn't have that. I need to fight for you to have that as well, to remove those barriers that didn't allow you to have those privileges and move forward. Yeah. It's not about eliminating your own, it's about giving to other people. Mm -hmm. oh, that's very yeah, good, yeah. very well explained. <laughs> I'm making um, faces for anyone that doesn't can see me here. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think, and I think that, like, so when we talk about uh, intersectional identity, which was a term that was coined by a woman, she's a black woman, um, she's a lawyer, Kimberly Crenshaw. Crenshaw. Um, so when we talk about like privilege, it goes when you have an intersectional identity. So you're a Puerto Rican woman, you're bisexual. So there's three things there that automatically can cause a bias against you. So like the, the more a person has in their intersecting identities and intersectional identities, from what I understand, I don't know if you want to elaborate, is that that's specifically based on what um, can be used as a bias against someone. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. So um, in terms of in intersectionality, which I love the word and I don't because it's so difficult to say. Um, <laughs> I don't like words that have more than two syllables in English, just so you know. We um, made things so difficult. Yes. I know. We do that. But in that intersectionality, it means that I can be, air quotes, attacked from all those angles. Yeah. I can be discriminated against because I'm a Latina. I can be discriminated against because I'm an Afro-Latina. I don't look like Jennifer Lopez or okay. um, yeah. any other beautiful Latina woman that has that golden skin and that straight hair and European features. Yeah. I have very African features in me. So yeah. I can be discriminated against because of that, how I look, yeah. where I came from, how I sound, who I choose to love and how I choose to uh, identify in my career as well, because I'm, I mentioned, I think in one of the episodes, I'm an engineer, and yeah. that's not something that a lot of women go into. So yeah. being a woman in the engineering field means that I'm going up in an uphill battle fighting against 
the males in my career field. Yeah. So that's another element where you don't know where things are going to come from sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So like that. So the thing I'm thinking is that, um, so when we talk about like, we could say, well, I'm, we can't say that it's equal just because we're both part of the queer community. We don't have equal problem, like equal problems against us. It's not like, oh, well, we're all discriminated against. As you're saying, there's layers and levels to the discrimination. Right. And it's like, for me, as a bisexual woman that is married on an opposite sex relationship, yeah, I have that privilege where I can hide if I need to, at least my sexuality. Mm-hmm. I can't fi- hide how I look. I can't hide how I sound most of the time. <laughs> but I can hide my sexuality, which means that I didn't get as much discrimination for my identity as other people had because I had that option of not speaking out loud of who I am and just letting people assume that I was straight and just letting that by if that was the safest route for me. Yeah. Um, and that's a privilege that I have. It also creates bisexual erasure. I understand that. <laughs> that's a different topic. But in terms of discrimination, other people wouldn't have that. A person that is gay wouldn't have that. A person that is trans wouldn't have that if they're not passing. So... There's different layers, and everybody mm-hmm. has pros and cons on each of those layers. Yeah. So, um, as a person of color who's queer, what are ways that you feel that the community doesn't support you, or that you see other pe- uh, like uh, people of color aren't being supported? Because I feel a lot of times like these things just get skipped over, and we don't talk about them. So, are there ways that you've personally felt it, or you've heard friends or seen other people feel that they're not supported by their own community? I've seen, at least in Rhode Island, a lot of um, queer events are very whitewashed. Yeah, I don't feel comfortable going. And it's not for people telling me you shouldn't go. It's just when I go to events, I don't see myself. Yeah, no representation. There's no representation. There's Mm -hmm. nothing that tells me that I'm welcome there. I assume that I am, and I just butt myself in. But a lot of other people will go like... I don't think they want me here because there's not another person that looks like me here. And I think for other people of color, um, black and brown people will probably feel the same. And um, actually, I went to a comedian that said that it was a black comedian and most of the crowd was white, except two of us, a a black man and myself. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, you know how it is when you go to a place, you do the scan and you look where your brothers and sisters are. And Mm -hmm. he's like, ain't none here. (laughs) <laughs> and then the two of us like started signaling him <laughs> yeah. like yes we're here and it was just like the three of us there yeah. wow. and he's like oh yeah okay so this is a good place then <laughs> it's that kind of thing where are you making your events or your whatever it is fill the blank here mm-hmm. open to other people in other cultures and how do you do that yeah. you invite those cultures in to help you plan it absolutely you don't Mandatory. do it exactly you don't do it at the end like oh yeah everybody's welcome everybody knows that no not everybody knows that mm-hmm. you need people of those communities helping you because they will tell you hey listen this community in this town in particular is really poor so you want to be close to public transportation Right. Or these people, exactly. Or or this community has a beef against this police department because there was a big incident five years ago and you weren't here and you don't know that. 
So you don't want to hold the event in this town. Those kind of things, only people within those communities can tell you that. Okay. Yeah. And speaking of that, I saw something uh, maybe not even a week ago, a few days ago, it was shared. It was like, Rhode Island Pride, blah, blah, blah. It was a big thing. And on Facebook, the image that was shared along with the article was three skinny white guys. <laughs> oh, yeah. With, a, I saw with like that. blonde hair. Yeah, it was Rhode Island Pride is the, is the best, it's like one of the best prides in the country. Yeah. And I'm like, we had. Why Why is that the cover image? There's so many millions of diverse images and representation there. Why is the three skinny, white, blonde guys? Yeah. I mean, I know why it is, but shouldn't be. Yeah. Yeah, it shouldn't be. You shouldn't be reaching out. There were millions of images. There was no excuse. Right. That was totally... And yeah, it's not it's not made. it's not the job of the minority communities to reach out to these Mm-mm. big events to be seen. It is Absolutely the job not. of the big event to bring them on board from the beginning and say, I want to make sure you are represented. Help me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's how it should be. Yeah. <clears throat> I think um, so what I get a lot and what I've noticed a lot is, you know, it comes down to real simple. We're not listening to the community. We're not listening to people. I know that I don't know if you're aware, but like um, when we had Rhode Island Pride, there was a big issue because we they had made an agreement that the police weren't supposed to be in the parade, and then the police ended up being the parade. Or they were going to be in the parade, but it was going to be in unmarked cars. They weren't supposed to be represented. And instead, we had all these. Did you go to the parade? I don't know if you I was in graduation. Oh, that's right. You were graduating. Congratulations, by the way. (laughs) Thank you. What is this like? Your seventh degree? What is this? (laughs) (laughs) No, it is. I got a master's in systems engineering. Awesome! Wow, that's awesome. Um, So, anyway, so you were graduating. Okay, yeah. So there was a big thing because the police weren't supposed to be represented because the community came forward and they said we don't want the police there. And, and instead the police showed up, there were lights and sirens and a whole big thing and people met, um, felt uncomfortable. So what, do you feel like that's, that happens, like just the community's not listening and what are we, how do we balance this thing, which might be a too big of a question, but I don't know, this balance, this thing of community doesn't feel safe around the police, but other people, but why people do feel safe around the police. Cause that's what, cause on the comments, oh my God, it was, well, how, what are we supposed to do if the police aren't there? What if a shooter comes? And People of color were like, well, if a shooter comes, we're probably going to get blamed for it. So maybe don't. Yeah. So what about that? It, it is two, two different um, points because people of color, especially black people, um, which I don't want to talk for because I am not part of that culture, yeah. even though I look like it. Um, but people of color and, and black people and brown people do not trust the police. And there's a reason for that. It's not like I decided not to trust the police. It's just... There's no reason for me to trust the police. Well, that's what's reason. been fostered. Exactly. You know? um, and obviously, as someone that culturally has never been ingrained in them, that the police, you need to be very careful because if you're too aggressive, they may hurt you and it's not ingrained on you. You don't think that. When you're a little kid and you're not a person of, of color, they teach you like, oh, if you're in trouble, go to the police and they will help you. So you have that mentality. But people of color are not taught that because that's not the safest thing to do. If there's a big trouble, we've seen it a million times happen. Every day. Yeah. Every day. So I have mixed feelings about what happened about the the police attending the the Pride Palace because there's also the the intersectionality of there are gay policemen and they deserve to be on the parade. However, they should understand the sensitivity of 
the police presence in an area where there's so many people that have been hurt by other police yeah. may not be them specifically mm -hmm. but the police image has been tarnished and i don't think until that image is restored they're gonna be really welcome into these spaces other than in the corner hold, holding the barriers like every yeah. other event yeah because those wounds are still raw and i don't mm. think a lot of people understand that especially policemen that are like but i'm queer and i want to participate and i'm like yay that's great but <laughs> you represent something bigger than what you are exactly. you represent yeah. a system of oppression for people of color and queer people of color so obviously when people look at you they don't look at you throwing water in your eye. Settle down, Paul. <laughs> they, they don't look at a policeman as a man. They look at a policeman as a symbol. Yes. And that's why some people, or most people, I don't know how many, um, were so upset about having that show of police force yeah. in the parade because what they symbolize right now in our country and the climate right now of police aggression against people of color. Yeah. Well, I feel like it's just ignorant to think that you marching in a parade is going to kind of like, that, there we go. That, that, yeah, like that's going to make it better. Like, no, we're marching in this parade. See, everything's fine. But we're not doing anything to address all the problems that are happening. Right. So, and it's like I said like to someone, like it's if policemen want to march in the parade with their boyfriends in some other field, fine. No one's saying that gay policemen or queer police officers can't go to pride. We're saying that the police department shouldn't be represented. Exactly. Uh, the same way, I don't think the Catholic Church should be represented at Pride. You spent decades exactly. fighting against the queer community. You don't get to have a Catholic Church marching down. Now, if a Catholic goes to Pride, it'd be like fine. if Chick Fil A had a float, right? It's like it's all right. Like, yeah, I wouldn't feel comfortable having the the, the Catholic Church no. participating on Pride or, frankly, any other church. I know there are I some specific that. churches that <laughs> accept queer people, but as a generality. I don't see the queer community in the church, the Christian church, yeah, coming together as a unison and and being good for each other as a unison. All of the queer community, yeah, yeah right. they may yeah. accept gay and lesbian people, but how about our trans community? Right. Well, yeah. There's so many. There's so much that's happening to the queer community at this time, being pushed on by other churches. Like there's people that are just as as not just as triggered, but there are people that are triggered by seeing churches there, like the way that people are triggered seeing yeah, cops absolutely. there. You know, especially um, someone with like your background of a church, like I, can... I don't care for it. <laughs> it's yeah. not my favorite thing. I mean, I again, I know that a lot of times it's churches that are there that are trying to be supportive, but I'm still just like every time I see them, I'm like, okay. But I mean, like ten years ago, you were supporting conversion therapy, right. and twenty years ago, you were actively sending people to camp. So. I'm glad that you've made a turnaround, but I don't know. But I think the, the wounds are still a little bit open. However, I see some churches that have made a lot of uh, progress, progress. Yeah. in trying to reverse the damage that they've done. And I do That's commend fair. them for it, even though I don't care for churches because yeah. I'm an atheist. So <laughs> it's like, I don't care. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, no, it's fair. Some of them have made progress. But yeah, I kind of stand with you on that. So then my last thing. What do you think, so um, as a queer community, should we be standing, 
What do you feel when um, organizations, queer organizations, don't take a stand on issues that affect people of color, such as the rampant violence against, um, done by police, the issue at the border, the concentration camps were running um, by ICE? Do you think that queer organizations should stand up and call these out, or should they just stay focused on queer issues? Because aren't we not helping the intersectional identities, or do you think it should be separate? Um, that's a loaded question. That's a loaded question. <laughs> that's a loaded that's question. And remember, However, she doesn't speak for everyone. But you just got your right. master's degree. Yeah, I, so. I should be able to <laughs> feel your that. knowledge. Now, my as a general sense, I think the queer community should fight for other communities because we are asking to be seen, and other communities are not being seen as well. Yeah. However, I understand for the individual, it may be exhausting. Yeah, well, I understand It is that. very exhausting and depressing if you are worrying about all these things. I understand that. I think that's fair. How, but in general, the queer community definitely has to think about the problems that the, the people of color are suffering in terms of mass incarceration, in terms yeah. of um, police brutality against them, all these things and, and the the reparations and, and all mm. that. Absolutely and definitely the, the, the concentration camps in... in mm -hmm. In the at the border, we do as a community need to help each other and need to help stop all that. Yeah, I forgive a certain uh, one or two individuals that need to yeah. take a mental break because we all do. Sometimes I take weeks of breaks where I don't read any news, I don't involve myself in anything it because does get tiring. <laughs> it gets tiring. It 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 drains your energy. You need to take a break, recharge, and then go back to to the fight. But you need to include the people of color on that fight. You need to include yeah. the Latinos in that fight. You need to include all these people in that fight because within those people, they are queer people. Exactly. That's exactly what I was We are randomly special. distributed throughout the, the, the country, well, throughout the world. The, the gay, and not the gay, but everybody. Yeah. It's the, the percentage, if you see the math, uh, it's a random distribution. Yep. So mm -hmm. within the the black community, within the, the POC community, there are queer people that are also suffering. Yeah. Within the Latino community, they are at the border, there are queer people suffering there too. Yeah, well, I mean, we just saw, I, I mean, another transgender woman died in custody at the border. We saw another transgender woman die in prison on Rikers Island. So like Two I that's transgender what, woman just died in Maryland too. I think it was uh, Maryland. Maybe was it, Maryland? it was in it was, it was in the DMV area. Yeah, two Trans transgender women of, women of color, color. dropping dead. Yeah, and so that's what I mean. I, I understand. I agree with you completely on individuals. I just think the organizations like the HRC groups like this, and I'm not saying that they aren't doing this, but I'm saying if you run an organization and you represent. Um, queer individuals, you have to stand up on these issues because those are queer individuals that are dying, like are the most disproportionately affected in these crises where people are already, you know, undergoing so much um, atrocities. That's the word I want. Yeah, atrocities. I, yeah. yeah, absolutely. You have to watch out for everybody. And it's because of that, you queer people that are here, we have that privilege of not being there at the border i have yeah. the privilege of being puerto rican which means that even though i'm an immigrant i'm already a u.s citizen yeah so i with that privilege i need to raise the voices of those that are not that don't have that privilege which yeah. are my brothers and sisters of all of the rest of latin america yeah so for me i need to fight for them as well i need to fight for the people of color because 
they need more voices to help them. And it's not to speak for them, but it's speak, speak with them, yes. enhance their voices and give them the megaphone to be able to affect change. Yeah. And that's pretty much what we need to do. Yeah, agreed. So is there any last things that you want to say in regards to being an ally? Do some in, in, introspection. In, some introspection. Is that word? That word. <laughs> Do some inner internal thinking there and think yeah. about your privilege, and don't be defensive about saying, "Oh, I didn't have any privileges. I had a lot of work growing up." <laughs> yes, we all did. But think <laughs> about your privilege, and then think about what would have happened if you didn't have that, and then look for the people that didn't have that and help them yeah. get ahead. Because that way we will bring our society up, all of us. Yeah. And that's it. Be know. an ally. Speak up. Yeah. There's Vima dropping truth again. Yeah. yeah. Every She's time. Back. That's right. <laughs> so don't forget to check out her podcast, Down No Particular Road. There will be a link on this episode. Yep. To um, the website. Do you have a website? Dedicated? We do. It's okay. busproud.com slash or forward slash whatever it goes. A Manfredo. Yep. Yes. <laughs> so there will be a link to the website and a couple links to the like to the iTunes link and all of that on there as well. Yeah. Yay. yeah to the, their, uh, Go podcast. listen if yeah. you like camping. Go listen. Get some camping tips. I don't want to call it the lesbians, but I'm going to call them out. <laughs> yeah. I know that you guys need some camping tips. Um, but and also, guys, if you follow us on social media at Your Queer Story, we would appreciate it. And if you check out our Patreon at You're Not Going to Jump In. Patreon.com slash Your Queer Story. Sorry, I was drinking a water this episode. I didn't have any beer, so I'm That's like right. a little bit yeah, off. So yeah. off. Um, check out their merch, too. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love. love. She bought one of our shirts. Yeah, check out our yeah. merch. I'm wearing one, one of our shirts again. That's all I wear now is Your Queer Story shirts. I love how clear she made my skin. I'm like... <laughs> so much clearer you, than you, regular life. Right? You are that white, though. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just, oh, yeah. They <laughs> definitely nailed the whiteness. <laughs> this is nice and stark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the merch is really nice. The, the t-shirts are really soft. Aww. And yes, we, I we, love my t-shirt. They're made you. in America. Made in America. <laughs> ethically mm-hmm. sourced. Good stuff you're supporting the queer community um stay queer don't get a lobotomy just succulent sapphist oh she got it <laughs> she got it there you go Thanks i remember this time. Us, you sodomites and our little allied hookers and bye and our proud homocrats and our homocrats bye bye I forget the homocrats yeah i know you're horrible i'm, just, <laughs> I'm losing it Thanks for listening. Remember to subscribe and review wherever you are listening and follow us on social media at Your Queer Story. Like what you heard? Want to share your story? Send us a voice message to add to the podcast from the Anchor app or at anchor.fm slash yourqueerstory. And if you would like to support the work we do or get exclusive content, check us out on patreon.com slash yourqueerstory. See you next week. Bye. Bye.